We've got another draft profile coming your way. Uh, we're looking at the WHL. This time we've got Joel Henderson here to talk all about Nate Danielson and whether he could be a Blue Jacket at number 34 in the draft. You're Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you the good, the bad, and the ugly about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So if you haven't hit subscribe over there, please feel free to do so. We're getting super close to another milestone, which is very, very exciting. Uh, we are continuing our week of draft coverage. Today, uh, like I said at the top of the show, we've got Joel Henderson from Puck Preps and FC Hockey here, and uh, we're going to talk all about Nate Danielson from the WHL. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get right into it because uh, Joel is much smarter than I am. I feel like there's been a crazy amount of WHL kids, especially this season. Uh, I feel like every other draft profile has been, hey, this kid played in the WHL, so hey, let's do another one. Uh, Nate Danielson. Uh, I feel like it's going to be really fun and exciting. And so I've got Joel Henderson, uh, who is my go-to guy for everything WHL. And uh, today we're going to talk about Nate Danielson, uh, whether he could slip to the second round to be a Blue Jacket, whether he would fit with the Blue Jackets. And uh, honestly, we're going to talk a little bit as well about why there are so many WHL kids that are, that are going to be going in the first round. Um, but let's let's start off with uh, Nate Danielson. What kind of player are teams getting when he steps on the ice? First and foremost, they're getting a centerman. They're getting, you know, because I think in this draft, there's a lot of times we talk about um, centermen who might not be centermen. He's a centerman. He's a player who excels with his fluidity and, and his um, transportation of the puck up the ice. He's a very efficient power play transition guy. He's one of those guys that when he's moving through the neutral zone, you want the puck on his stick because because of the length of his stride, his reads on the, um, on pressure – and the way that he can kind of accelerate and move the puck to his fullness of his reach, he gets the job done uh, very, very effortlessly. There's times where it just looks like, okay, like it's just now you have the zone and he's just looking to settle the puck down, looking to set up the play to set up the offense. Um, he's big. You know, he is, he's big, he's smart. Uh, he has tons of finesse to his game as well. And so, um, so you're adding in a player that is a fluid skater, very big, mobile through the middle of the ice, and, uh, and this season, he's really worked on, um, especially when he's in motion, uh, back-checking with more consistency, um, bothering guys, stick lifts, um, really taking you know responsibility for that for Brandon. So a finesse centerman, a very, very uh, a finesse centerman with size. I mean, I don't hate that concept. Uh, what kind of ceiling do you think he has? Is he a potential first-line guy, or is he probably going to top out at like middle six? That's the thing. I think the thing right now with Nate is that where he is now, which is a very good player and where he could potentially be is still a very large gap. And so it's going to come down to what I would just necessarily call pro details, being sharp on your turns, sharper on your edges, aggressive when you need to be aggressive, those types of things. Like if somewhere down the line, Nate Danielson is centering a top line, I wouldn't be surprised. 
but right now is his skill caliber more of a middle six, probably a very good third liner. I I would say that. And so he's a bit of a puzzle. He's a bit of a, of a question mark in that regards where you watch him and you just see how good he could be based upon his reaction time, how he reads plays, and then his just natural size and finesse. Yeah. Is that something that you think will come with time? Like, is that, okay, he spends another year, maybe two in, um, in Brandon and then goes to the AHL or like, is that something that you think is literally, it's, is it just reps or is it something you're going to have to like work to? Work I to think, start? I think it's going to come, um, to be honest, I think it's going to come from years in the AHL. If I'm being honest, that would probably be my biggest thing is that when you put, sometimes when you put a player in the AHL, they realize how much those details matter and how much they matter in possession and shifts and things like that. And so, and you need a coach to be able to uh, really have the discipline for shift by shift being like, here was the ways that you, you know what I mean? And so I think in Brandon, it's a bit of a tough situation. They've, they've brought in some players that are naturally better fits on the line with them. They've made some, some better trades. I'm excited to see how that kind of works uh, for them, but they, they had a kind of a bit of a rough season and he, he was, you know, kind of carrying the team in some moments, especially in those transition moments too. So um, I think he's someone that that is going to naturally kind of get better. But the biggest thing in him is he does need to reach the ceiling that he has, which is very, 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 very high, uh, potentially. He really does need a change in what I would call his default. Like there's players that just kind of go back to their default and Nate's is default is a little bit passive. Um, he's He's not that player who aggressively goes at you. He's not that player who drives the middle every time. He's not that player that looks for that extreme shot. He's kind of a player who who understands his transition role and really wants to play finesse. He's that guy that will gain the zone, pass to the wing, circle back wide, see what he can see kind of thing. Yeah. Is that, do you think, you mentioned obviously that the Wheat Kings were not very good this season. Do you think that's partially that he was like, a good player playing on a bad team like i think i feel like that's probably it must it must suck to carry <laughs> a team especially in your draft year when there's a lot of pressure and you know ostensibly everyone else is trying to get drafted as well and it feels like it's 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 a big thing for for a 17 year old to be like oh i have to show every every scout in the world on this very bad team why i should be why i should get drafted to the nhl well, I just put out a, um, I put out a, um, like some articles and stuff with Puck Preps are working on that before the draft. And Nate was one of the guys that I profiled. And one of the things that I talked about was his role last season as well. And so he was already a very, very, very good player. He's a late 2004, so he's a bit, he's older as well. Um, and so his role last year as a 2004 was essentially being a very complimentary piece to Ridley Grigg who was the be all end all, give me the puck all moments. Like Greg was that tap the stick. I want it. I want to be the transition guy. I want to be the whatever. And so there was, there was a bit of, um, there was a bit of the puck kind of, it didn't wasn't really rest on, uh, on uh, Nate's shoulders. And so I was curious to see how he kind of transitioned to being the guy this year, once Ridley left. And he absolutely took that role in transition wise. Like I talked about as well, how easily he did those. But the one thing is, is Ridley's not a, he's not aggressive in like that. He wants to be the shooter on the power play. He's not overly aggressive that he's cutting very quickly stops and starts being like the, the playmaker on the, on the half wall as well. He's just very smart and calculated. Like he picks spots. His shot is good. Not great. 
it's it's more when he scores, it's just he's found a very good lane to shoot. Like he's weighted, he's drifting, smart spot, and he kind of shoots over the pads. It's not, you know, he's not wiring shots. He's not absolutely looking to just tear the net apart. Um, he's just a very smart and calculated player who sometimes needs to really ramp up his aggression in moments where it's just like curl back harder towards that puck, make this one a bit harder, take that puck to the net, um, be the, you know, make, don't pass it until you like hold it at your end of the reach until you absolutely have done 95% of the work so that all is left is a tap in for your teammate. He's one of those guys that's more of a 75, 25, where he'll draw attention, pass to them but there's still work left to do in the play. It's not necessarily a one-timer. It's not necessarily whatever. He's just moving the puck positively, keeping possession. So there is there is some tweaks to his game that needs to be, and there's some mental shifts that need to happen. But he's still, once again, like he's such an exciting potential player. Uh, one of the guys that I, that I see naturally in him is someone like Michael Backlund. Backlund was one who was drafted to be a very high offensive player. It didn't quite work out in all situations due to him being – you know, a little, he wasn't as aggressive. He wasn't, he was a little bit smaller as far as a power, you know, power driver through the middle. So how he excels is positioning and smart puck movement. And so, I mean, there's been times in the NHL where Michael Backlund as a second line centerman was driving one of the best five on five lines that was there. And so I think that potential is there for someone like Nate. And I think, I think the potential is there, like I said, but it's going to come with a shift of attitude and a shift of like your default. And that is hard. It is hard for a player to kind of change out of that. He's not a, he's not a necessarily nasty or aggressive player. Yeah, for sure. In a minute, we're going to talk a little bit more about Nate Danielson, but first I've got to tell you all about game time because, uh, I don't know about you, but I get super stressed trying to buy tickets. I want to get good seats. I don't want to pay a million dollars. And uh, I'm really bad at planning ahead of time. So usually it's like three days before the event and I'm like, oh, damn, I need to get tickets. Uh, and game time is perfect. They've got flash deals right up to the day of the event. Uh, they are super easy to use. All you have to do is go into the app. It is two clicks once you find the seat. Uh, they've got images of seat view, so you know that you're going to get a good view. They've got event cancellation protection. They are the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. They have a guarantee that means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I want to talk a little bit about kind of where he could end up in the in the draft. I'm not sure if you, I don't remember if you have you do like full rankings or if you mostly just focus yeah. on on WHL. But like, where does he compare to some of the other WHL kids? Uh, I I looked up where he was in the rankings. Um, yeah. So Bob McKenzie has him 16th. Is that just uh, he is just above Samuel Honzek and just below Braden Yeager. Is that kind of about where you would put him on your on your list? Or um, I think from my watching of other leagues and other tiers, I would put Nate as a gamble to make maybe somewhere after twenty. So I would have him a little bit lower, but I would have that whole group probably a little lower. Um, and so I, I would have that group past the twenty mark. Um, 
but that being said, I think, you know, when you talk about some of the other guys, I think Jaeger is a centerman who's going to transition to the wing. Honzik is a natural wing, you know, even though he's kind of a, a unique prospect in himself. But Danielson's a center. And if we've learned anything from these drafts, the is that who, who is going to potentially, you know, be the players that people reach on, it's going to naturally be centers. And there are some guys in that mold, in that mixture. I guess you could throw Jaeger in that mix if you do believe he's a center. Um, you know, there's there's players like Callum Ritchie, and there's so there's there is centermen that you could potentially reach on Otto Stenberg, um, guys that you could if you if you feel like he's your guy. And I think just from Nate being a player who does have more potential layers, like he's he can be pushed, you know, to to get bigger and better and whatever. He does have that potential there. I think that might make him a player that someone does reach on a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I want to talk a little bit about the the WHL as a whole because, like I mentioned at the at the beginning, I feel like I've done a ton of these episodes about WHL <laughs> guys. Um, and yeah. I just looked; I counted in Bob McKenzie's rankings, there are seven guys that, that he has in the first round that are yeah. WHL guys, uh, which is more than the OHL. There are no QMJHL guys, but I believe the the WHL. Oh, there's one QMJHL guy. Excuse me. Um, I believe. The WHL has the most guys projected to go in the first round this season. Like, am, am I insane for thinking that's more than usual, or like what's? Oh, this is an incredible year. Yeah, this is an incredible year, and it kind of started with, um, it kind of started with the WHL draft that year, and knowing that Connor Bedard was really special, but also um, the kind of numbers that they were putting up in, um, you know, in in U fifteen hockey was. The, at the time, it was the debate between who's better between Braden Yeager and Riley Height. And they went 2-3 in the draft. And then you kind of go along the draft and you've got some some guys that are very still very highly rated in this. You've got, um, uh, you've got Caleb Lind. You've got Andrew Crystal. You have Zach Benson, who went like 13th. Um, you have Tanner Molendyke. There's, there's some very, 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 very good players that all have NHL projection potentially. And then, and then there was a rise. There was a rise from a ton of other players as well coming through here. Um, and then you have players that I include on my world, like that, that I include in my world as like still Westerners, even though they weren't in the WHL, but like Matthew Wood is a Western hockey player who went and took a different route. You know, he was a BCHL as well. Bradley Nadeau. Um, BCHL player, very highly thought of. Yes, um, we just talked just, about him yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Suniev, who came over as well. So a very another very strong BCHL player. Um, there's some very, very unique players coming uh, out of that league as well, some ones that I really think highly of too. And then you throw in Jaden Perron, who ended up going down to the Chicago Steel, who's a Manitoba kid. So the amount of Western players in this draft are connected to them. And then you throw in the late 2004s, the, you know, the Nate Danielson, the Cohen Zemer, um, you know, those kind of players and, uh, and there's more too. And then, and then you get imports like Hanzik and it just becomes like, holy crap, there's a lot of, there's a lot of players to sort through here. Yeah. And then, and, and, and then you have the cherry on top. And then you have the cherry on the top where, Bedard and then, yeah, obviously Bedard has, has kind of lifted everyone. Yeah. I feel like you have to look at this draft and like almost take him out of it and then look at who's <laughs> left. Cause he, he throws off the, he throws off the, the curve in a in yeah. a massive way but yeah i feel like because i try and get you to come on for all of the like the whl profiles that i'd be trying to do and then i looked i was like there's like 10 guys here i can't make joel do two profiles <laughs> on 10 guys because like there's some that we're not even going to get into and like some guys that i know that you're pretty high on that are not even in 
Bob McKenzie's uh, top 32, like Grayson Sorchin, um, yeah. who I feel like might be the Jagger Furcus of, of this draft, of going super low and then everyone being like, oh, actually, maybe we should have maybe we should have paid attention to this kid. But I think so. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, fun. yeah, I mean, I could go on and on with him too. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like this, this is uh, the long and sh- the long and short story is that it is a very, very good Western year. I don't know if we'll see one like this in quite a long time. I mean, you know, and even we're talking about next year, the potential number one pick is a Western kid too. Um, you know, he was born in, in BC. So it's, it's, uh, but that being said, I mean, it's, this is, this is the year I've been talking about this year for a few years as this is the pinnacle, you know, it's just like, if you ever wanted to fade into the sunset after scouting Western players, this is the year to, <laughs> to go out on the, on the high horse. So. We're going to finish up our conversation with Joel in just a second. But first I've got to tell you about the most comfortable shorts you are ever going to wear in your entire life. Like, that's not hyperbole. That's not me exaggerating. Um, I have a couple of pairs of bird dogs, and I've been wearing them basically since I got them. I have been wearing one pair one day, one pair the next day, washing them, and then reusing them. They're so comfy. They look great. They fit great. Uh, They are the perfect summer shorts. And uh, you can get them. You can get some yourself. Just go to birddogs.com. and even better, you can get a free Yeti-style tumbler every time you order. Go to birddogs.com slash NHL to get that free tumbler. You're not going to take your bird dogs off, we promise. I know, I feel like when we started doing these, it was a couple of years ago, and you were already talking about the, the 2004 born class, and I was like, that's too far away. We don't need to, <laughs> we don't need to talk about that yet, but it, uh, yeah, it's... It's going to be a fun class. Um, let's let's wind up. Uh, Nate Danielson. Mm-hmm. If he ends up falling to the, the second round, the Blue Jackets pick him up. Do you think he fits in there? Is he a, a good fit for that kind of system? Or uh, He is. I mean, the reality is, is uh, I think with the Blue Jackets, they've spent a lot of years collecting shooters. Mm-hmm. And the playmakers up the middle have been we'll see how this fits together. You know, like, it's just like, it's like, okay, we've got shooters on the wings. All right, cool. We're going to put shooters in the middle too. It's like, wait a minute. Goals for everybody. (laughs) Everybody shoots. Everyone (laughs) shoots. Like it's, I don't know. It's, um, but I think naturally, um, you know, someone like Nate Danielson, you know, you could down the line, you know, a number of years from now, like, yeah, he plays with us. He could play with a stylistic type player of uh, Kirill Marchenko, guys like that. It's, you know, it's um, like I said, Nate's Nate's uh, best ability is his ability through the middle of the ice when he's in motion, his transition ability. And that's such a key thing in the, in the NHL that that is transitioning the puck through the middle of the ice is such a widely needed skill. So even if he becomes, even if he doesn't ever become the player that he could be, the fact that he can do that and he can do that with ease, um, that he has the vision, the reaction timing to see the wings to potentially do that, that's an asset that's really going to carry him with his skating stride. And so it's 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 not about, you know, I, I think Nate Danielson is going to be an NHL player. It's just about how good could he get. And that is going to be up to him. And it's going to, like I said, I think it's going to come down to the details of the game. Um his, his quickness and and how aggressive he is shift by shift. Yeah, for sure. And like, sometimes it, it's, sometimes a guy just makes it and sometimes yeah. they don't. And I think it's yeah. probably 
partially in his control and partially out of his control. But uh, I think it's kind of a fun time to be a Blue Jackets fan because I am kind of thinking about, right, in five years' time, who's going to be on this team? Who's going to be oh, who's going to be playing with Kirill Marchenko? Who's going to be playing with Ken Johnson? Who's going to be playing with David Juracek? You know, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a fun time to be a Blue Jackets fan to try and figure out, okay, we've got all of these holes in the lineup right now. Let's let's see if we can fill them in. I think Nate Danielson's a really, a really. I don't think he's going to fall to thirty fourth, but it's a interesting thought process. No, I don't think so either. I think I think to be honest, I think he's he's going to be a player that's that people reach on. I mean, we've already seen kind of some mock drafts and stuff. I think the highest I've seen him is eleven. You know, so I've seen some people saying that Vancouver might be interested in a player like that at eleven, yeah. and uh, and I get that too. And I mean, you know, and I and um, yeah, like I said, so there's there is. The one thing about this draft, though, is that there's a lot of unique players mm-hmm. and unique in the place of like they have high potential. And so you've got a number of six foot four speedy wingers. You've got some centermen who are very reliable in the middle of the ice that have size. Um, you have some very, very good goal scorers and stuff, too. So it, it could be very volatile. Um, I just think it's rare that you see centermen drop too far. Um so it's just like at that point in time, it's like, how far is he going to drop? I, I can't imagine a world he drops to the second round, but like, maybe I can't. The thing is, is it's I can't tell you, I can't tell you it's never going to happen because I told you that I can't imagine a scenario that the Blue Jackets take Denton Matejak. So oh, I, I, have yes. to, I have to eat, I have <laughs> to eat all of my that. words. <laughs> I have to be like, all things are possible. That's, that's where I land. Yeah. And th- this draft is so weird as well. And that like, once you get past like, four five there are like 20 guys that could go sixth and i'd be like yeah, yeah that makes sense and there are 20 guys that could go like 32nd and i'd be like yeah no that makes sense so it's it's so weird i uh i'm super excited for the draft i want i want to find out where everyone is uh everyone is going but uh, it's gonna be wild it's gonna be a very wild draft i would imagine mm-hmm. uh like i said because, be some surprises. oh yeah because once again you've got players of all different shapes and sizes i mean like you know, once again, like we're talking about Nate Danielson and the way that I describe Nate as like a six foot two, six foot three fluid skate, uh, you know, centerman through the middle of the ice. Like I can't imagine how high Nate would have went last year, <laughs> you right. know, in the, in the draft. And for this year, it's like uh, 20, like it's, it's uh, the amount of talent that's in this draft is uh, teams can really go into their tiers of like, here's the five players. We have the same tier and really pick the kind of player that they want. And so you might see some different people drought, uh, some different people fall, some kind of all over the place. But, but, uh, but Nate is, um, even though he isn't, he isn't yet the player he's going to be. Um, he has a lot of those things that you just look for in in someone that can adapt to higher levels. His reaction time is very fast. He's a very smart player. He builds speed well through the neutral zone. He has a long stride. Um, he can evade pressure. So like all of these things, especially finding someone in the middle of the ice, those are all big, big check marks. Yeah. So if people want to know more about Nate, about the WHL in general, uh, where can people find you and your scouting work online? Uh, For all of the individual scouting reports, um, you can go to FC Hockey, uh, where we have uh, all of those individual reports on players, advanced rankings, uh, 300 plus rankings on players for the the NHL draft. And as well, if you want to read some of the more in-depth articles, some of the big pieces as well on just like the shape of the WHL and more prospects and even... Like you said, me getting excited about players who are two, three, four uh, years away, uh, that is all found at puckpreps.com. Uh, I'm the director of scouting there. So you can find uh, me talking about today's players, tomorrow's players, and years and years. 
And that's all I've got for today. Tomorrow we're going to continue on. We're going to do a bonus Saturday episode uh, and we're going to be talking about another WHL prospect in Samuel Honzek, who is a Slovakian kid who uh, I think Blue Jackets fans are going to like a lot. So uh, that's going to be tomorrow's episode. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube. Uh, hit like, hit subscribe, leave a comment if you want to. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.